the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I will never send away. Whoever comes to me, I will never send away. What a promise. Whoever comes to Jesus, I'll never send them away. If you're a whoever, you can come to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from or what you've done or how bad you've been. You can come to Jesus Christ and Jesus promised he will never send you away. He'll never reject you. Have you ever experienced rejection in your life? Maybe it was a rejection letter from a school you wanted to attend or a, a job you were really hoping to get. Maybe it was even rejection from someone you wanted a relationship with. When we read through the Gospels, we can see that Jesus never rejected anyone who came to him. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing about the love and acceptance that we experience from Jesus Christ. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew chapter 8, as we continue our journey through the New Testament, we left off at verse 5, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, where it says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof But only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with fever. And so he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying, 
He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, it's just always so wonderful to be in a gospel and to be in the gospel of Matthew and to study these stories about you and to learn about you. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today. We pray and ask that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today. I ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew wrote this gospel to a Jewish audience primarily. He writes to show that Jesus is the Messiah of Israel and the King of the Jews. Back in chapter 4, verse 23, we read that Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So Jesus demonstrated that he is the Messiah of Israel through a teaching, preaching ministry and a healing ministry. In chapters 5 to 7, we were given an example of his teaching ministry with the Sermon on the Mount. And in chapters 8 and 9, we are given about nine examples of his healing ministry. Last time we were together, we looked at the first healing that's mentioned in chapter 8, the cleansing of a leper, verses 1 to 4. And the cleansing of the leper, as we said last time, was a clear sign to the Jewish people, that Jesus is their Messiah. And today, we look at two more miracles, the healing of a servant of a Roman centurion and the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Now, Matthew's gospel is not written in chronological order, so these events did not happen in in this order. Matthew is, is compiling examples of Jesus' power to heal Again, to demonstrate to the reader that he is the Messiah, to demonstrate his deity and his Messiahship. And it's noteworthy here that the first three healings Matthew lists are that of a leper, the servant of a Roman centurion who was a non-Jew, and a woman. A leper, a Roman Gentile, and a woman. Those three were not exactly at the top of Jewish society. So this likely surprised Matthew's readers to see these three miracles listed first. But they really show God's grace. They really show God's grace. And we continue in verse 5, which says, Now when Jesus entered Capernaum. So he goes back to Capernaum after completing the Sermon on the Mount, comes down the mountain, heals the leper as on his way back to Capernaum. Now he enters the city of Capernaum. If you remember, Jesus moved from the city of Nazareth to the city of Capernaum. Capernaum became the headquarters of his ministry. In chapter 9, verse 1, if you just look over at chapter 9, verse 1, Capernaum is called his own city. And Capernaum was a beautiful city on the Sea of Galilee. It was one of 16 port cities, fishing towns on the Sea of Galilee. It had a population of about 1,500 people, which was a large city in the Galilee and ancient times. Um, The main trade route called the Via Maris 
passed right by the city of Capernaum. So many travelers passed through the city of Capernaum. There are always people coming and going in and out of that city from all over. There was a customs office at Capernaum where customs or taxes were collected for the Roman government. Matthew was the tax collector stationed at Capernaum. There was also a Roman garrison at Capernaum. Roman soldiers were stationed in that city. If you look back at verse 5, it says that as Jesus entered the city of Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. A Roman centurion came to Jesus. A Gentile, non-Jew, Roman comes to Jesus. A, a foreigner, and most of all, he, he's a Roman soldier. Now, at, at this point, Israel was, was under Roman rule. They, were, they had been conquered by the Roman Empire. They, they were occupied and oppressed by the Roman Empire, by this foreign power. And the Roman Empire kept a large military presence in Israel. So they were under military occupation. And, and for these reasons, the Jewish people hated the Romans. As you can imagine, they hated the Roman army. But here is a Roman centurion that comes to Jesus for help. A centurion was a Roman officer who commanded 100 soldiers, hence the name centurion. Centurions committed to serving in the Roman army for 25 years when they signed up. They were career military men. And centurions were the backbone of the Roman army. The centurions took care of business for Rome. They were responsible for executing orders, crushing revolts, maintaining peace in all of the conquered territories under Roman rule. If they failed at their job, they were executed. They were put to death. It's noteworthy, by the way, that each of the centurions mentioned in the New Testament are spoken of favorably. Luke's gospel tells us that this centurion, listen, it says that he heard about Jesus. He heard about the healings. He heard about the miracles of Jesus, but was not an eyewitness to his his miracles. He had no personal experience with Jesus, just as people today hear about Jesus, they they hear about a friend who committed their life to Jesus Christ, they hear stories, they maybe have a neighbor who is a Christian who invites them to church, but they have no personal experience with Jesus Christ. And maybe that's you. Maybe you've heard some things about Jesus, you've got some friends that are Christians, but you have no personal experience with Jesus Christ, no personal encounter with with him. That's the centurion. He's just heard these stories about these miracles. Luke's gospel also tells us that the centurion did not go directly to Jesus, but instead went to the elders of the Jews in Capernaum. He went to the Jewish leaders and asked them to go to Jesus on his behalf and ask Jesus for help for him, which the elders of the Jews did. The Jewish leaders at this point had not rejected Jesus. They're still debating, deciding about Jesus. And so they went on behalf of the centurion. You know, maybe the centurion didn't go to Jesus directly because he thought Jesus would reject him because he's a Roman and he's a Gentile and he's a centurion. 
Maybe he thought Jesus will, will never receive someone like me. And some people think that way. Some people think Jesus would reject me if I came to him because of my past or because of, of what I've done or what I'm involved in or who I am. He, he would just turn me away. I can't go to Jesus. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Listen to this, John chapter 6, verse 37. Jesus said, listen, whoever comes to me, I will never send away. Whoever comes to me, I will never send away. What a promise. Whoever comes to Jesus, he'll never send them away. If you're a whoever, you can come to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from or what you've done or how bad you've been. You can come to Jesus Christ and Jesus promised he will never send you away. He'll never reject you. The centurion sent the elders of the Jews to Jesus on his behalf. Luke's gospel goes on to tell us that when the elders of the Jews came to Jesus, listen, they begged Jesus earnestly, saying that the centurion was deserving of his help. They said, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. The synagogue in Capernaum was funded by this centurion for the Jewish people that were living there. The centurion loved the nation of Israel. He loved the Jewish people. He had a reverence for the God of Israel, Jehovah. He blessed the Jewish people in Capernaum by building their synagogue. And so he was held in great esteem by the Jewish leaders in Capernaum. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God promised Abraham that he would bless those who bless you. God will bless those who bless Abraham and the descendants of Abraham, the Jewish people. This centurion fell under that blessing aspect of the covenant with Abraham. He's blessed the Jewish people, and so God promises to bless him. The elders of the Jews went to Jesus on behalf of this centurion And they conveyed his message in verse 6, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Now, this word translated servant in verse 6, if you're taking note, it literally means young child. Young child. So this is a young child that has been paralyzed and is dreadfully tormented. We don't know what happened to this child. We don't know if there's been an accident that has caused the paralysis. We don't know if it was some kind of viral infection that has caused this paralysis. But he's paralyzed. He's in severe pain. And this centurion, again, he's heard about Jesus. He's never seen him himself. But he's heard about this guy named Jesus who can heal people. 
He doesn't know, know him personally, but he's heard of him. So verse 7, Jesus said, well, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. You should underline that word authority. Having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. This centurion says, hey, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, why does he say that? In the culture, Jewish people did not go into the homes of Gentiles. Uh, If you're a note taker, uh, when the religious leaders brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate, the night of his arrest, they bring him to Pontius Pilate to condemn him. When they brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate, John chapter 18 says the religious leaders did not enter Pilate's home, but stood outside because they did not want to be defiled before the Passover. They didn't go in his house. As they're betraying the Messiah, they're keep, careful to keep themselves from becoming ceremonially unclean, you know, as, as they're seeing to the death of Jesus. Uh, in Acts chapter 10, when Peter went to the house of Cornelius, Peter said to Cornelius, you know, it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. So the centurion says to Jesus, hey, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. I'm a Gentile. You're a Jew. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. I love that verse. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. I mean, many of us here probably have family members and friends that we're praying for. And how often do we pray, Lord, just speak a word. Jesus, just speak a word from heaven and heal them. Or Jesus, just speak a word and save them. Just speak a word and turn their heart back to you. The centurion was a man who understood authority. As a Roman centurion, he himself was under the authority of Caesar. And so he could say to a soldier, go, and the soldier would go. And to another, come, and the soldier would would come. He had authority. And he recognized that Jesus had authority. That power had been delegated to Jesus. And he maybe didn't understand how all of that worked, but he recognized that Jesus was under authority. And remember, the centurion had never seen Jesus himself. He's never seen Jesus do a miracle. He's only heard about him. He's only heard about the miracles. And just from hearing the stories about his miracles, the centurion concluded, well, obviously, Jesus has been delegated supernatural authority over creation. Jesus commanded sickness and disease to leave people's bodies. He commanded healings. He commanded physical restoration to people. He's casting out demons. He's cleansing lepers. And this centurion says, well, clearly, Creation is subject to him and his power. He has authority over everything. And so the centurion said, hey, you don't need to come to my house. Just speak a word. Just speak a word. Give the command and my servant will be healed. I realize you you have authority over my servant's paralysis. 
Now, there are several verses in the New Testament that talk about Jesus's authority over all things. For example, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to me. John chapter 3, verse 35, the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. John chapter 5, verse 22, for the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. Jesus will judge mankind. All judgment has been committed to him. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus said, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and the grave. Keys represent authority. Jesus has authority over death. First Peter chapter 3, verse 22, Jesus has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. Speaking of the spiritual realm, angels and demons are subject to Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21, Jesus is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He has authority over governments, human authority, spiritual authority. It's all under his authority. And this, this Roman centurion, he understands authority. He's heard these stories about how Jesus can just heal people. And so he concludes, well, he's got authority. He's been given authority over creation. He can just speak a word and heal. Look at verse 10. Now, when Jesus heard it, when he heard this Roman centurion say, hey, you don't need to come to my house. Just speak a word and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard it, look what it says. He marveled. He was amazed. And he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Jesus marveled at the faith of this Gentile Roman centurion. In fact, he, he said, I have found I have not found such great faith in all of Israel among the Jewish people. Now, there were Jews who believed in Jesus, but none had shown the sincerity and the simplicity and the depth of faith as this Gentile foreigner. Down in verse 26, Jesus will rebuke his disciples for their little faith. Here he marvels at the great faith of the centurion. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but what does it take to make Jesus marvel at something? I mean, Colossians 1 says that all things were made by him and he holds all things together. The whole universe was created by him. He's holding the whole universe together. And, and what's going to impress him? What's going to make Jesus say, wow. Well, in the Bible, there, there are only two times that Jesus marveled. One is here when he marveled at the great faith of the centurion. The other time Jesus marveled was when he was rejected in his hometown of Nazareth and he marveled at their unbelief. Jesus marveled at great faith and he marveled at unbelief. He marveled at a, a Roman Gentile. He marvels not only that this guy has faith, but he has great faith. And at the same time, he marvels 
at those in his own hometown because of their unbelief. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.